Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> seen a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh, yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big Mm -hmm. abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the Welcome back! Season 4 finale part 2! Wow. I am the great and powerful mystery, and it is so cold! It's freezing. It is so cold. I'm Clone 37 Hopefully everybody enjoyed part 1. I know it was super geology heavy, and super history heavy, but it's and necessary. really dark at the end. Very necessary. I promise this episode probably won't be any less dark. But I, it'll have a lot more paranormal. Well, I hope it's a hotter episode because it is freezing. Uh, well, you, you went just cold. I wish I was abducted, for real, into a warmer place right now. So, so this episode, depending on how it goes, this, this is where I'm kind of contentious, where we'll get into part two will be really big, or part two will be, you know, part two and three. I don't know. We'll just have to record and see what happens. Just knock them out. But thank you guys again for all your support. Hopefully you enjoyed the last episode. If not, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. It about killed me to research it, so there you go. Oh, gosh, what are you doing? I think it's time. Oh, talking about flavors of the forest. Yeah, so our sponsor of the show, which is probably the best sponsor we could have asked for, uh, Flavors of the Forest. They are a uh, uh, wait, the spice company i don't yeah, know I they don't, make their own spices they're brand stuttering the brand new startup spice company and they got two flavors right now um they're raw garlic dust which is just pure garlic powder and pink Himal- a touch of pink himalayan salt and then their newest flavor which is the one i'm most excited about is the spicy raw garlic dust which is just raw garlic and a pepper blend with a touch of pink himalayan salt it's really good. I, I did a whole chicken in it the other day. Oh, I cannot wait. It's making me hungry looking at it. And they got these awesome new labels. It looks amazing. Flavors of the Forest. Website below. Website below. Check them out. All right. So this episode, we're talking about the ranches. Ooh, like like Hidden Valley? Hidden Valley. Uh, Skyline. I don't know any other branches brand. Skyline? No. We're talking about, <laughs> well, specifically Skinwalker Ranch. 
Oh, Skinwalker Texas Ranger. Yeah, I don't. We're doing it. Yeah, it's season finale. Care. Yeah, we don't care I, anymore. It's physically impossible for me not to say it. Yeah, okay, I get it. Uh, but first, we're going to do a quick timeline, and then we'll go into each event kind of separately. Okay. Uh, and it goes back pretty far, and this comes from actualskinwalkerranch.com. The only useful piece of information they had. Okay. And because we'll talk about the show later in this episode. It's stupid. Well, I think you've already shared your grievances with the show. Oh, you have no idea. No, there's more. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, but they kind of have of the ranch area itself. Like Skinwalker Ranch is going to be the first ranch we talk about. Okay. Once again, I want to point out that the Uinta Basin itself is the whole weird area. It does not stop on Skinwalker Ranch, no matter how much they portray it does. Okay, gotcha. Because that's kind of the big thing in the TV show. Yeah, it's like right outside where this ranch ends, that it's, fence yeah, is. There's nothing out there. The it's Native Americans don't want to come onto this property because it's the fence line. No, it's the Uinta Basin sucks. The whole thing. The yeah. whole thing sucks. Which is a it's a big area. It is. It's the whole pretty much the whole corner of Utah. Right. Don't go to. Which yeah, we discussed on episode one. So 1977, the Dumbinez and Escobar expeditions travel through Maton and possibly right across Skinwalker Ranch. Mm, possibly. Uh, it's because it's kind of hard. It looks like it was one of the areas they would have gone through. Oh, okay. So we don't know their exact tracking, but it's very possible they did. Uh, 19 or 1851, Chief Warica is given a vision of a spirit, Tuat, that led the Mormons to the secret mine. Or uh, Yeah, sorry, the sacred mine. And Kariat and Shaba to build the temple in Salt Lake City. Mm. Don't know nothing about the Mormon religion. I'm sorry if I mispronounced anybody's names. That is very, like, religiously important. I do not know. Yep. It is spelled very odd. 1880. Several bands of Ute tribes were relocated by the government to the surrounding reservation right there, right beside Skinwalker Ranch. Mm. Hmm. Relocated. Relocated, yes. Last episode. Yes. Relocated. 1886, the military finalized construction of the fort in Fort Duchess, which is the town closest to Skinwalker Ranch in the area. If uh, you ever watch a show or anything, read anything or any of the old like documentaries uh-huh. about the area... Fort Duchess is like the closest. Roosevelt okay. and Vernal are also really close. Ver- uh, Roosevelt has the airport. Ah, Just okay. so everybody knows the area. 1886. Also, the Buffalo soldiers were stationed at Fort Duchess. One particular soldier, rumen, rumored to be Augustus Wiley, was known as a Mason and may have been connected to the Mason-like symbols that seemed erect onto the rocks on Skinwalker Ranch. Okay, so a Mason moved in first. And I don't know anything about masonry or anything like that. That's just one of the things they put out there. But I don't. I have no idea. Don't look at me. Eight, 1906 to 1911, underground rumblings and explosions heard day and night around the ranch and other areas. The art, uh, articles discuss this strange occurrence. Mm. There's plenty of articles. We'll probably read them later in this episode. Uh, everybody heard it from Roosevelt to Vernal to Fort Duchess, mm-hmm. it didn't stop. Oh, I know what it is. But here's the weird thing, and I know we'll talk. We're going to talk about domes. Do oh. not worry. Oh no, it's not that. But it's 1906 is weird for me. Yeah, because that type of mining for anything like that would either have occurred later, especially out west. Yeah, it just is weird. It's a weird time frame for me to have to think some kind of deep like the, mining to place it in that. Yeah, but look at modern times. You know, the people are digging tunnels right now. 
And we just discovered in New York. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's just I them. thought you were talking about the government. It's like it's the Mormons doing the same thing. They're like, we'll connect this geological location to this one and can can monks have wives? Monks? Or is monk a first name? I think it We'll go with the first name. A man named Monk in nineteen oh five and his wife were members of yeah. the Unc- of the Ute tribe were granted or allotted land in three lots of section five of Skinwalker Ranch, which is a homestead two and three. Okay. So when they talk about it, that's actually their they're That's what they were the Mormons mm-hmm. were just connecting homesteads together underground. That's what that was. But Monk 19... it's, it's like the TV show Monk. That guy's okay. name is Monk. See? Nineteen fourteen. Monk sells his portion of the land to Harry or sorry, Henry Listenter. Uh Henry moves into Homestead two and three. Monk completely departs the property in 1916. He gets the heck out of there. Okay. 1915, Christopher Locke, grandson of Benton Locke, recalls a noteworthy occurrence of strange visitors to the property. The stranger arrives out of nowhere and was wearing a time period appropriate clothing. However, underneath it was a dazzling blue one-piece outfit. He asked for water and had a lengthy conversation with the family. He then walked off and disappeared into the desert. The assumedly is a bizarre figure told Locke, Locke's family, were not to dig on the property at all. Mm. The story was amazingly, uh, amazingly appeared that it was passed down for generations. Okay. So this is where that thing comes from. They talk about in the show where they're like, you're not allowed to dig on the ranch. Right, Nobody yeah. really talks about it. That's where it comes from. Okay. So with that, on Patreon, we did the Zone of Silence. Remember that? Yes, we did. And they literally had a guy in a suit walk out of the desert, ask for a glass of water, yeah, talk to the family for a few minutes, and then walk back into the desert and disappeared. So you think it's the same entity? And it was a white guy, and all the Mexicans locally, because it was in Mexico, right? were like, uh, he's dead. He has yeah. to be dead. If you go out in that desert- You're going to die. He's in a suit. Yeah. Do you think it's the same entity? Maybe. I mean, what else would it be? The devil. Well, from a version of- The yes. devil- from the Bible, there's oh. a funny meme about that, where it's like the power of friendship will stop you. He's like, I don't care. I'm the devil from the Bible. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it just makes me laugh. It's I'm an idiot. All right, 1930, Christopher Locke, the grandson of the first Locke, okay, reveals the first catamulation occurrence on the ranch. Ooh, okay. Catamulation in this area it happens a lot. Gets covered up very fast. We will cover catamulation later, uh, probably in episode three or four. Uh, there's a lot of it. A lot of cows. A lot of a lot of buffalo, horses, dogs turned inside out. Cats, rats, bats. There actually is dead bats. <laughs> in in 1937, July 6, 1937, uh, quit claim to John W. Myers and Emil C. Myers for lot three with 160 acres. Okay. Which is a part of Skinwalker Ranch because there's like they're all they're a bunch of lots. They're one lot now, but historically they were a bunch of lots. Okay. So the Myers move in in, in 1934. They move into the three room house on the ranch. Uh, they don't know which homestead. It's kind of argued which one which, which homestead one? is because homestead one, two, and three. Okay. They don't really know which one they moved into. But what good? Yeah, it sucked. 1944, two miles from Skinwalker Ranch, a gigantic. Silver globe was seen flying over Fort Duchess. Okay. It's odd. It's, I mean, there's, if you go to the UFO reporting map, which we will cover in one of these episodes, just 
UFO encounters. I just pick a handful of them. Yeah. Uh, it looks like there's only one sighting when you zoom out at Fort Duchess until you zoom in and realize, oh, no, there's hundreds. Tons of, okay. Reported. Right. Just saying. Which is important, yeah. 1945, a listener sells his property to Locke, who then moves into the western portion of the ranch, which is Homestead 2 and 3. Okay. 1950s to 60s, Junior Hicks reports a siege of UFO flaps in the Uinta Basin. However, Skinwalker Ranch itself historically has little to no record of this activity at the time. However, note, the ridge line directly behind Skinwalker Ranch was given a nickname, Werewolf Ridge, Ooh. by the locals for reasons, the reason in which is lost to history. Nobody can find out why. Why it's called Werewolf but Ridge? But it was given it in the 50s. Yeah. Huh, maybe because they were seeing werewolves? <laughs> what? <laughs> That'd just be my guess. Isn't this completely opposite of the last episode? Uh, what do you mean? Just like, this oh. is a lot more fun stuff. Oh, I guess so, yeah, sure. I see what you're saying, yes. Uh, 1961. Brenton Locke sells his western portion of Skinwalker Ranch to Eddie Childs Meyer and Kenneth Meyer for $5,000 and proceeds to homestead the entire eastern and western portion of the or 512 acre Skinwalker Ranch property. So this is where it starts all becoming one. Okay. 1961. 1967, a wave of UFO sightings occurred in the Uinta Basin that lasted for a, almost a whole year. They were seen them pretty much nightly. Just like Point Pleasant. Yeah, it's because they were digging a hole. Uh, 1968, Bottle Hollow Resort is built. Bottle Hollow is its own thing. What do you mean? It's so full of paranormal activity. Oh, okay. It sets it apart. It's crazy. Okay. If you would, I wouldn't go out to the Uinta Basin if you paid me. Specifically... Wouldn't go out to Bottle Hollow. What if you got paid double to go just to Bottle Hollow? Yeah, no, because there's a bunch of animals turned inside out in Bottle Hollow. Okay. And I, I don't know if you remember, we're animals. Yeah. Well, some of us. <laughs> well, uh, 1970, <laughs> Bottle Hollow res- er, Reservoir was constructed by the U.S. Army Corps. Uh, don't build reservoirs. Don't build reservoirs out there. in sketchy in areas. To, yeah. Uh, 1970... When they after they finished building the Bottle Reservoir, a bunch of cows died. Hmm. Cow suddenly became so common, and then you went to Basin. It was insane. Hmm. Wonder. It's okay. Maybe like they dammed a river near where the Skinwalkers lived, and then all the cows exploded. <laughs> I a, have to be a little funnier this yeah. episode because last episode was really dark, and all the cows just exploded. Wink. Yeah. Uh, 1978, Desert News article discussed a mass sighting of UFOs seen a 10-mile circle around the ranch. Okay. So constant, you know, big flaps of UFOs. Here's one that you will have trouble finding. 1981, NASA builds the observatory 16 miles away from the ranch. NASA just tore this down relatively recently. Okay. It's really weird. You can't find nothing about it on their website. Uh, 1985, massive chuttering or chattering. Wait, what was it they built again? An observatory. For, like, observing space? Observing something. Okay. The telescope was already pointed at the ground for some reason. Nobody knows why. To see the tiny skinwalkers. Yeah, the little guys. The little <laughs> Yeah. They transformed to mice. You need, yeah, you need a big telescope to see them. Uh, 1985, massive chattering power lines are built around the ranch. Hmm, Okay. Uh, 1987, uh, Kenneth Myers dies. Edith Myers lives alone on the ranch. Not good for her. 
1989, Bottle Hollow is drained and repaired an outlet. 1989, also, NASA Laser Observatory was dismantled. Oh, okay. That's the one they just built? Yeah. Or is this a different one? That's the one they just built. So that was only there for a few years? Yeah. But they they tore the building down recently. It was just empty. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, In 1994, Edith Myers uh, dies at age 88. Okay. Edith's brother-in-law, Garth Gardner Myers, sells the property to the Shermans. The Shermans had a really bad time. I th- they're like the famous ones, right? Yeah. The Myers are also pretty famous in yeah. this. Because like when the Shermans moved in, which we'll get into the whole thing later. I'm just kind of giving you the whole history real fast. Yeah. And then we'll tear stuff apart. Uh, the Myers moved in and like the cupboards all had locks on them. Uh, and like the all the windows and doors had like extra locks on them. Yep. And they just thought it was because the old lady was crazy, living right. alone. Turns out. No, it's because demons were opening and were trying to get in there. Yeah. She didn't say a thing. Nope. So well, she it, couldn't sell her property. Yeah. 1994, Terry and Gwen Sherman and their children moved themselves into their cattle ranch, uh, 480 acres south of Fort Duchess. 1995, the National Institute of Discovery Science, NIDS, mm. which we have some really cool NIDS stuff coming up. Oh, great. That organized the initial to set up research and advance serious study of uh, various fringe sciences, paranormal topics, and notable UFOlogy. 1996, the Desert News article broke about the story and strange activity on Skinwalker Ranch. 1996, weeks after the Desert News article, billionaire Robert Bigelow buys Skinwalker Ranch for nothing. Yeah. Pennies on the dollar. $200,000. Yeah. Which I can't find how much the Shermans paid for it, but I think it was like three times as much, I'm going to really? guess. Mm-hmm. They wanted out. Yeah, because their cows were exploding. I guess, but still, I wouldn't make it worth your while. The whole barn was magnetized one time. That'd be pretty sweet. It's No, it's not. When there's cows inside <laughs> exploding, it's not good. <laughs> if you just looked over and a cow, boom! Like, like, guess what? Yeah, I'll take whatever you want to offer, Mr. Bigelow. Right. There went daisy. Uh, yeah, so all the way, there's a big, there's a big jump in history here. 2004, the National Institute of Discovery Science was shut down. They shut down NIDS? Mm-hmm. Because it became other stuff. He got in with the government. So, once again, here you go. 2004, NIDS was replaced by Bigelow Aerospace and Advanced oh, Studies. So they made it a private rather than a no, government? No, it, it joined with the government. Before, oh. NIDS wasn't government. Oh, it wasn't? No, NIDS was just Bigelow funded. Oh, okay. Once so he weird got in- stuff formed, yeah. he got involved with the government. Okay. Uh, 2005, George Knapp and Kellen, uh, Kellehart, or Colum Kellehart, published a book, Hunt for the Skinwalker, which is kind of where this really became famous. George <laughs> Knapp made it very famous. Yeah, he's a pretty big name in the UFO field. Uh, 2005, Richard Oliver and two others had extremely close encounters while camping at Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, yeah. The, an unnamed agent from the DIA contacts Bigelow in, in 2007, contacts Bigelow and requests to see the ranch in person. Bigelow obliges, and the agent has a personalized close encounter on the ranch. He then reports his experience to his supervisors with the initial catalyst for the senator, Harry uh, Reeds, appropriating $22 million to study Skinwalker Ranch. Hmm. Once the, and then A-Tip gets involved. Hmm. Once A-Tip gets involved. Everything probably gets a little fuzzy. You can't find anything. Yeah. After 2004, when, from 1996 to 2004, I mm-hmm. have stuff. After that. Nothing. I wonder what they were studying for. Demons or, for aerospace technology. 
Well, uh, honestly, you know, demons make good batteries. Well, I, be- I believe it for tanks. <laughs> but I mean, like now we have that. What is the space force? Like just things like that we have now that I think are completely unnecessary. But what are they actually using it for? And then is it things like in this division that you know things they learned, whatever they learned from this area? I don't know. Maybe they're incorporating it in now Space Wars. 2009 Bottle Hollow Resort. It's tore down for some unknown reason. Hmm. Mystery. They'll never, we'll just never know. No. It's like it was built on the home of Skinwalker uh, in, 20, in 2012. On February 12th, all power was knocked out at Fort Duchess. A strange, eerie, green glowing eds in the sky over the town. With all of suddenly all the absence of power, a massive UFO appears in the sky and is seen by almost everybody mm. in town. Like it drew all the power from it. Or just its EMP kind of knocked it out. Oh, knocked it out, yeah. And it kind of just, the sky glowed green first, and then, whoop. Ooh, maybe like a UFO a, the size, of the, pretty much like the size. Of a Walmart? A way bigger. But I wonder if it's green like the... Uh, What's the Northern Lights called? What's the official name? Aurora Borealis. Yeah, what's something like that. It could have been. Or the Aurora Borealis has many other colors besides green. Green yeah, is yeah. the most prominent. I just mean, green yeah. and purple, I think, are the most prominent. Okay. If whatever this discharge is causing that green light could be the same phenomenon causing the Northern Lights. And then Tom DeLong in 2015 gets involved for a minute. Oh, boy. Great insight. Definitely not a paid government shill. Yeah. Definitely not. No chance. Also, uh, Jeremy Corbell creates hunt for the skinwalker.com, which we have opinions. Yeah, I just don't, I don't, something about him just is off to me. And then uh, Bigelow sells it to uh, Fugel, Brandon Fugel in 16. And then all this, all the stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happened that I don't care about after 16. Yeah. The show makes it extremely hard. To kind of point out anything. Which I wonder if that's the point of yes, the show. Is. Yes, it is. I won't, I don't want to ruin my ending right now, but yes, it is. Makes sense. Because researching this thing was an absolute nightmare. Because everything probably turns up from the show. The first, I don't care what you type in, you went to Basin X. Yeah. You went to Basin this. The county individually. The town. I tried everything. I've been working on this for like three or four weeks. It just pops up the first at least six pages of Skinwalker Ranch. The show. The show. Yeah. Yeah. And they published nothing. Right, yeah. They published nothing. It's just to fill nothing, up... The, nothing's real. To fill up the Google reser- reserves. Google search results. And I'm just saying, Flood we have with you know, decades of stuff that happened in the ranch area. And it doesn't pop up, does it? But it doesn't match what the Fugal team's experiencing. Gotcha. It's all this aerospace phenomenon, and they keep shooting rockets. There's four seasons just shooting rockets above the stupid triangle. <laughs> I, I got to save that for later. I'm getting very irritated, and I got a lot to read before then. Okay, okay. Yeah, Zen. Zen real quick. Okay. I should be drinking for this. I'd probably end up punching the wall by the end of it. We'll save that for the for the next episodes. Let's talk about this actual Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. This is the abridged version of their story. Okay. Because, like I said in the beginning, there's so much more happening. I don't want to spend two hours on just Skinwalker Ranch itself. Right. We could. I don't want to. Because it's just, it's just, I don't want to keep pointing that it's just Skinwalker Ranch. I think enough people have already done that, too. Yeah. But I do want to do the story. Right. So I have an abridged version. So in 1994, Terry and Gwen were scouting in the northeastern Utah for a remote property they could call, or they could raise 
their teenage son and 10-year-old daughter, and they found what they thought was an incredible 512-acre sprawling ranch in the Uinta Basin. The remote property was unincorporated for seven years. It had been in the hands of the Meyer family for four decades, but they had moved to Salt Lake City and only checked on the homestead a couple times a year. Which, Salt Lake City's not that far away. Right, yeah. Like, Provo, which we'll talk about later, Provo, Utah, Utah yeah. is, like, just south of Salt Lake City, but it's like a suburb, but it's technically still part of the Uinta Basin. Okay. Just so everybody knows. Uh, yeah, they only checked on the property twice, you know, two, three times a year. The owner strangely placed deadbolts on the inside and outside of every exterior door, window, or any opening, and barred all of the windows despite the area being relatively safe and isolated. Hmm. Metal bars, like you'd see in Chicago. That could be a little like off-putting at first. Were on every window. Right. They pulled them off. It's like a jail cell. The Shermans pulled them off. Uh, I've seen them pictures before a couple times. It looked like a fortified prison. Mm-hmm. And just a little old lady was living out there for a long time. She wanted to be safe. Yeah, because there's things trying to get in. Right. Every night. <sighs> Gotta calm down. The home itself needed a lot of work. The owner, strangely, like I said, deadbolted everything. The now elderly couple agreed to sell their ranch, but on one odd condition, the sermon the Shermans were prohibited from digging anywhere on the property. And what I don't like about one thing with a lot of this stuff, they don't talk about where that legend comes from. In that little timeline I give you, right? They say that a base, a man of the desert, said, "Don't dig," right, and came back. Just he wandered out of nowhere. I guess that'd be hard to explain to the next people that get the home. Right. Yeah, this man. A man from the desert, honey, <laughs> came in, told us not to dig, ever. We gave him a glass of water. He blinked sideways and went back out in the desert. So I suggest you do the same thing. I wouldn't dig. He looked awful serious. Yeah. That's my, it's West. I don't know why I go Southern, but that, the little old lady in my head, that's where it comes out. That's probably what she sounded like. <laughs> just made me laugh. Uh, but what was meant to be a dream home for the Sherman family quickly turned out to be an utter nightmare. Just a year and a half later, after they purchased the property, the Sherman family opened it up for reporters, revealing a strange and unexplainable event they had been experiencing on their land. Hmm. So It's like too much of a good thing. Yeah. It's, it's too good to be true, literally. This is a good example of that. Exactly. Uh, so almost immediately upon moving onto the ranch, the family claimed to have had an enc- a harrowing encounter with the wolf-like creature. Have you? Uh, I don't have to read this one. I can tell you this story. It's probably the were- werewolf from Werewolf Valley. No, so they, yeah, exactly. Uh, they see this hum. They're moving in. Uh-huh. They're moving boxes in right now. They have just a couple cows on the property, including one pen that had a mother and a calf. Okay, right there. So they're just there. Okay, and they see this humongous black wolf dog thing, kind of trotting across the property straight at them. Oh boy! And it's they say it's four foot tall to shoulder. Yeah, and uh, it's friendly. It comes up. It lets them. It lets them touch it and stuff like that. So at first they were like weirded out until it was. It came by them, like oh, it must be a neighbor's dog, right? Okay. It just has has to be maybe a wolf hybrid. Yeah, and it just happens to be really big. And he literally says it's the size of a mini horse. Okay, so he's petting this thing. I would have been terrified. Well, they're like touching it and stuff. Yeah. And it's letting him. And it goes over towards the calf, and the calf sticks its head out to, to sniff. 
and it launches on to the calf's face, drawing blood instantly, Jeez. ripping, trying to rip its head off. Okay. So the man has his handgun. He shoots the thing several times point blank with his handgun. I believe it was a 38. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Uh, just shooting it, shooting it until he's out of bullets. And nothing happens. Nothing happens. Okay. He may, he's screaming at his son to go inside and get a 30 out six. Yeah, something bigger. He gets 30 out six, shoots it once, point blank. A giant chunk of flesh falls off the thing's shoulder, and then it lets go, looks at the Sherman family, very perplexed. Yeah. And trots off. He unloads every round he had into the thing as it's run away. Never flinched, never acted like it. They followed it to a creek on the backside of the property until the footprints disappeared. Wow. Uh, they go back to see the fur. The fur and skin was already rotten and putrid. Oh, I figured it would just be gone already or something. No, it was, it was like, they said it was like putrefied. Ugh. Day one. Yeah, first first uh, good sign of moving in. Not really what you wanted to experience. Like I said, they shot at point blank. Uninjured, the creature, you know, ran into the wilderness. When the family reported this, in subsequent, they had subsequent encounters to local wildlife authorities. They kept seeing this thing. Right. They could never Pop find up. it again, but it would just be there watching them. Yeah. Not what you want hanging around your property. Especially when you know it's bulletproof. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be setting up uh, like pits around the house, uh, uh, it's, it's, um, little mines to step on. So they call uh, the local wildlife agency. Like, yeah, no, there's no wolves here. There haven't been wolves here for over 70 years. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Heard that line before. The family would later learn the Navajo legend of the Skinwalker, a shape-shifting shaman or witch who would assume the animal of a form of any animal they desire. These evil beings possess supernatural abilities. It turned out that some of the locals believed that Sherman Ranch property was in the path of the Skinwalker, which is what we explained last episode. So if you skip through that episode, maybe you should have listened a little better if you mm. don't know what the path of the Skinwalker is. Right. Uh, but yeah, they, they had a numerous problems on the ranch. Not good. Dogs getting turned inside out. Happened. Yeah, you don't want to find all fluffy. Uh, you know, you don't want to see his insides. So, next little thing, crop circles. Ooh. According to Terry, even though before he purchased the property, he observed strange circle depressions in the pastures. He chalked it up to dead grass and thought nothing more of it. However, after acquiring the land, Terry stumbled across a three, uh, three eight-foot circular marks in a triangular formation about 25 feet apart from each other in an open field. Upon closer inspection, he realized that the flattened grass was similar to the phenomena of crop circles. When the stalks appear to have been mechanically laid down to form a pattern. But this was only the beginning. The same formation returned months later. But this time, the Shermans discovered 14 sets, uh, 14 sets of these strange circular marks during their early morning inspection. Each gouging and it was arranged in the same triangular shape as the original with the entire formation spanning across 900 feet dubbing them pod marks terry began to convince them they were associated with unidentified flying crafts he and his family were now seeing almost daily hmm okay uh and some of the early reports say that they would have scoops of dirt missing okay where they were down he wasn't sure if it was like a probe pushing dirt down or something actually taking dirt. Taking it, yeah. Um, UFOs so, like dirt. So you still think uh, crop circles are made by guys with boards and strings? This is a different type of crop circle. Ah, 
uh, here we go. You're now you're picking hairs. <laughs> <laughs> Your crop circles are made by guys on boards. Oh my gosh! So the UFOs. Soon after acquiring the home, the Sherman witnessed box-shaped flying objects. They later described them as like minivans. <laughs> they look like flying minivans. I, Don't I, laugh at them. Yeah, they but turn I, dogs inside out. I just thought of like whether the Chevy Astros, like the typical '90s yeah. minivan. I just picture those flying around. But then they just beginning as many UFO encounters on the ranch. There were also other strange aerial phenomena, including an amber spiring an amber spiring light in the sky that appeared to open and close. They described it as almost like a box that would open and close. Okay. Okay, a portal. Oh. Using binoculars. And a spotting scope to get a closer look. The Shermans claimed to have seen a craft coming in and out of this opening. Portal. One time, Hyperdrive. they even witnessed light on the other side. Ooh. Like it was bright wherever like, they were coming from. Like daytime. Mm-hmm. But the strange just didn't end there. Gwen had bizarre encounters with several red balls of light chasing her while she was driving home that night. Hmm. Okay. The same balls come, keep coming back. They first, so the Shermans bought a whole bunch of dogs. They bought mean dogs. They bought nice dogs. They just wanted dogs. Right. The UFOs do not like dogs. No, not at all. Uh, so one night, Sherman uh, Terry was just fed up. He has these three orbs that had just chased his wife a couple nights before. They are just on the edge of his property in the tree line, like from his house. Mm-hmm. Not the whole ranch, but just by his house. Finally, he was, at this point, pretty convinced it was government. Okay. Released all the dogs. Release the hounds. Yeah, because he's like, you know, they're guys. You know, right, they're scared, yeah. you know. Uh, the dogs ran at the orbs immediately. And he's, he, these were his really mean dogs. A lot of his other dogs wouldn't go anywhere near the UFOs. Okay. These were the ones that were going for it. Right. He then heard yelps and was too scared to go out there till the morning. He went out in the morning, and the dogs, in his best description, had been turned inside out and were still smoking the next morning. Smoking? Like smoldering. So they like, were hot, like we just did our uh, Patreon episode on spontaneous human combustion, spontaneous yes. dog combustion. combustion, SDC. Yes. So yeah, what do you think so far? A hmm. Really fun place to live, right? This happened in a year and a half. If gosh, yeah, that move. I would have already moved out. You know, the moment when you seen that wolf thing and it, you shoot it, I'd have been like, "Hey, boxes are still full. Let's yep, go." I'd, I would like Abe Simpson when he walks into. Uh, now, so maybe I didn't explain it right, or I should have explained it a little better. They had sunk every dime they had into this place for their cattle operation. They but, had no money to leave. Oh, gosh. They was, were done. Ugh. And we're going to talk about cattle mutilations next. Uh, these are high-end cattle for breeding, because that's how they invested every cent into this operation. And tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars just start turning inside out. Okay, yeah. I would have taken the best herding dogs, took my cattle, and just left. And that's it. Took my chances elsewhere. Cattle emulations. Soon after the UFO sightings began, the Shermans found out one of their cows were dead in the field. This particular hole was cut in the center of the left eyeball, but otherwise untouched, with no trace of blood. There was no evidence of predators, footprints, tire tracks. Later, another dead cow was found in a, with a similar hole in its left eye, and a six-inch hole carved into its rectum. Oh, wow. Uh, another cow was found soon after, alive by the Sherman's son. When he returned five minutes later to collect the cow, or to collect the rest of the cattle, the cow had been laying there dead with a hole in its left eye. Uh, there's mm. also another one that happens with the calf. They were tagging calves one morning, 
And I just watched all this to make sure I had the stories fresh in my head. They were tagging calves. They had a calf really close to the house with their mom. Okay. They tagged her and left her go with her mom, ear tagged for everybody at home. They left uh, only 30, 40 minutes. They were in the same pasture. They were technically never out of sight of where this this calf was with her mom. Mm -hmm. They come back. The ear tag is cut off, and it's pretty much a stripped-down carcass. Wow. Like, there's no meat. It's just bones. Even skin, hide gone? Like, a lot of it was gone. Okay. And from what they kind of talked about, their best interpretation was with tagging the cattle upset the phenomena because it was their, quote-unquote, their cattle. Ooh. Now, if they So, it was showing off a source of its power. Right. It eviscerated a calf. The only ear that was missing was the ear with the tag. Wow. To be like, mine. I wonder if, well, there's a couple things that come to mind. One, I wonder if if they were privy to the knowledge of having a uh, UV flashlight on them. If I wonder if that calf was... Oh, I'm sure they glowed. Yeah, bioluminescent before... Listen to the Daryl Sims interviews. Absolutely, you should listen to that. Um, you know, after this, maybe after this, give yourself a refresher and listen to our part one and two interview with Daryl Sims. Um, but speak And speaking of him, if two... Uh, if uh, he talked about with cattle mutilations in particular, it appears there's more than one entity that's actually responsible for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it appears that maybe one entity will, they'll, they'll mutilate, they'll basically do the same cow. Like one will come in and do a cow, do what it wants with it, whatever they're doing it for. Oh, then another entity will come in. Another yeah. come in and do the same thing. But the reason why they're doing it is because, uh, they're trying to figure out what the first one was doing. Was doing, and then when you look for evidence behind to see who actually did it, you have evidence of both. So you don't know who actually did it. What came first, the chicken or the egg? And then, uh, so with this case in particular, what if by putting the tag on it, maybe whatever entity was like just scoping out? All right, what did they do to our pre-marked calf or cow? That that's supposed to be ours. Now they're putting this thing on there. Let's see what they did. Yeah. So they eviscerated it, tore it apart, and looking for all evidence when all they did was just slap a sticker on its ear. So there was no blood or strange tracks in the the cow the boy found. Yeah. There was no blood or strange uh, tracks in the fresh snow from the cow. But whenever... uh, This is... Sorry. But whatever had been there had left a small amount of an orange-tinted, translucent, jelly-like substance behind. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe our upper atmospheric friends. It sounds... Didn't we cover... Wasn't that a case on... Yes, just around the corner from where this happened. What was that called again? What was that episode we did? Cattle Mutilations, part one and two. I, I thought... Didn't we just do an episode like a month ago about uh, stuff falling from the sky? And oh, that, raining meat. And that was one of them, was the orange? Yeah, there was a lot of orange. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> and then cows started disappearing altogether. Just disappearing. Just gone. The Sherman saw a cow's hoof prints leading to the field, but the hoof prints stopped at the edge of the field near the forest. This was during a snowstorm. They circle, uh, a circle of broken twigs and branches surrounded the area where the cow took its last step from atop the trees appeared to have been snapped off. As if the cow had been ripped from the ground through the trees. Jeez, which it probably was. If you just stopped and seen that, and there's just a hole in the canopy, yeah. and where the cow was like, huh? It's like a cow-shaped hole. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Turning around and walking right back to the house. Oh, I, yeah, I would, I'd be gone a long time ago. I would be homeless somewhere. 
the Sherman saw a cow. Oh, sorry. I was reading back. A total of four cows completely vanished without a trace, and three were found dead and mutilated. The sh- they all, the, a couple of them seemed like they bounced, like they hit the ground, yeah. which Daryl Sims talked about too, mm-hmm. where a lot of these seemed to look like they're just dropped after they're done. Like they have broken legs. And yeah. Like, oh, I wonder how this happened. The Shermans became very vigilant to protect their cattle, immediately moving them into a 50-acre field near the home where they spotted any UFOs or strange activity. So they were losing cows yeah. constantly, fast, and these are tens of thousands of dollars worth of cows. Yep. This is their business. They try to move them close to the the homestead. Mistake number, a big mistake. Yeah, they bring your problems closer if, to you. If things are picking up a cow and swinging it through the air, you are smaller than a cow. Yeah, you kind of don't want that swinging around your house. The Shermans were convinced that with direct connection between the UFOs and mysterious mutilations and disappearances, then the strange nightmare started. Oh gosh! Terry Sherman eventually began to have extremely vivid nightmares. Although he could only recall fag- fragments. In one dream, he was aboard a craft where he saw a giant man with dark hair and a fully, uh, fully bearded towering over his body. There were also smaller beings with prominent eyes, really small mouths, sharp tiny chins, and high cheekbones. Curiously, he appeared, they appeared to have no pupils, just big black eyes. Mm. In the same dream, Terry had a strange sensation of being simultaneously in two places with his body on the ground below the craft and his mind above in the craft from the ground he overheard one of the beings saying it's not you it's not us trying to explain to him he would never understand what we're doing mm. oh it's no use trying to, uh, to explain to him okay he would never understand what we're so doing so it seemed like the beings were arguing whether to tell him or not what was happening or why it was happening okay Okay. Maybe he was mentally inquiring. Don't trust aliens. Yeah, trust dogs. They get caught lying all the time. Yes, just trust dogs. They won't lie to you. So selling the property. Okay. The Shermans, 18 months later, uh, unnerved by their complete bizarre and unpredictable experiences at the event, the ranch were so petrified, they reported they slept together in a single room for safety. They all slept, all four people slept in one, the tiniest room. Mm-hmm. They completely boarded the doors. He would have to unscrew the door every day to get out. This has got to be the uh, inspiration for... Oh, it's inspiration for a lot. Yes. They eventually decided to speak to the local media of their experience, and that was a poor decision. Besides, but the, I guess the good thing, they got completely made fun of. They couldn't work in the area again. Uh, keep in mind, they have no money. Nothing, right? Nothing. So, but the good thing was, I guess for them, is the billionaire Bigelow, billionaire Bigelow, gave them $200,000, you know, a fraction of what they paid for the ranch to research it. Gosh. They uh, they relocated the family to a small ranch, about a smaller ranch about 15 miles away, where they took whatever cattle they had left to try to raise them there, and then employed Sherman as the ranch manager for a while. Okay. And they paid for cattle to be there. They could just bought some cheap cattle somewhere and just paid Sherman to take care of them because they wanted living test subjects. So you keep it going, the mm-hmm. phenomena going. Yeah, so the game is called Beyond Two Souls. I don't know if you ever heard of it, mm-hmm. but there's this p- pretty good section of the game where you're out in the desert and same all this phenomena is happening in it. So like I said, this is a very abridged version. Yeah. Tons more happened. There's one more story I want to share. Okay. Which is, to me, uh, one of the weirdest ones. Okay. And I've heard... One of the documentaries, one of the workers from the Sherman Ranch actually told the story. Uh, they had four bulls being tr- getting ready to be transported for whatever reasons. 
in this smaller corral. Okay. Uh, they came around, and these bulls were the majority of the money. Okay. Because one bull can breed many cow. So right. Like the bull, the bull semen is also very expensive. Very sought on, after. Depending on, you know, how gr- high grade the bull is. So they come around the corner, all the bulls are gone. Uh, Sherman pretty much almost broke down because this was it. That would have been the financial snap mm-hmm. for them because they couldn't have done anything else. And he's freaking out and they're checking everywhere for the bulls. And right beside it, there's a little shed. And finally, they're like, one of the ranch hands opens the door and looks in. All four bulls are in this shed. And I'll sort of remember to post pictures because you can see, like, there's no way for the cows to get in there. Yeah. Like, the door is tiny. They had to rip open the side of the shed to get them out. Just to get them out, yeah. So, th- and they're standing perfectly still, like in a trance. That's so weird. And they're freaked out because they're, like, in there perfectly because that's the only way they could fit. It's like they, a puzzle piece. Like, they were squished together. Yeah. And then they're sitting there talking, staring at them. And then all of a sudden, they snap two and go ape. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be around that. Yeah. Four 2,000-pound animals just going nuts because they're stuck in a shed. Yeah, screw that. Uh, I would not want to be around trying to get them out. Weird thing is, is the cattle gate, the uh, all the fencing, and the barn locally there became super magnetic for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. There's pictures of like them sticking nails to it and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, hmm. Magnetic anomaly. Probably from as a result of something being there. Maybe from another dimension, perhaps, that causes a magnetic anomaly with its presence. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. That's what I'm getting at. I don't know if it's okay. true or not. So, anything about Skinwalker Ranch before we move on? No, I mean, it's it's been discussed plenty, but I think that gives it a quick overview, just so you're Bad aware happened. of some of the things that happened there, yes. Uh, but there's all the ranches, like Blind Frog and Space Wolf Research. Uh, which you'll, you'll hear about soon. Yes, you will. Uh, but Blind Frog is stupid. Blind Frog Ranch. Well, okay. Bottle Hollow is another one nearby right. that we talked about. We did, yes. There was a resort episode. built there. I can't They fly. built a resort in Bottle Hollow? Yeah. Why? That's I told you they tore down the resort. No, I thought you said the observatory. The uh... No, no, they tore down the resort, too, in like, two, in like 2000. I didn't know there was a resort. I guess I missed that part. Maybe I was zoning out. Maybe all I was thinking was focused on was the uh, the NASA. laser NASA thing they had there. Never a straight answer. No, yeah, they built a resort there. Apparently, I can't find a firsthand account of it online. Of the resort? Of experiences there? Yeah, no, no uh, five star uh, reviews. Apparently, it was incredibly haunted. Hmm. It was built brand new in like the 60s. Yeah. And they tore it down in like 2000. Yeah. And apparently, for some reason, it was stupid haunted. <laughs> Yeah, this the the indoor water parks just didn't have. Oh, it was just it turned to blood every week, and we couldn't yeah. figure out why. Don't know why. It just it kept refilling the pool, and it just kept turning to blood. Yeah, they were going through pumps like crazy. So we started turn we started selling the blood, and then it started turning to vinegar. <laughs> Odd. Odd. <laughs> That's my Skinwalker sound. Uh, <laughs> where are we at? Where are we at on a? Oh, uh, yeah, we should probably put an ad break Let's in. Let's do a quick ad break. We'll be back after these short messages. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. Hopefully you enjoyed those ad breaks. Yes, it was a chilling ad break. Man, it's cold in here. It's freaking freezing. It's keeping you more lively than you've ever been, though. I guess, because I'm like half dead. There's one gnat that keeps flying around. I know, it keeps getting right it's in front of me. It's January. And it's tiny. It's like I can, can't see it until it's literally in my fa- in my eyes. It's probably from the Redwoods. They're summoning them. <sighs> so we just finished up the Sherman Ranch. Yes. Our Skinwalker Ranch is what it's more colloquially called. Oh, I, that's a good word. Colloquially. Colloquial. I said it right the first time. I'll never say it again. Uh, we talked a little bit about Bottle Hollow. Right. There's, it's weird. I can only find like secondhand weird little stuff about it. Don't Jeebus. Jay just about ate it. I forgot. I forgot. I'm sitting on my feet, so my chair leaned back way more than I was used to. All right. Don't try to hold on to the microphone stand. <laughs> no, I ripped the whole table off. <laughs> uh, so the strangest doesn't end at Skinwalker Ranch, though, at all. So Bottle Hollow was just cursed. Okay. Just bad. Don't go there. Don't yeah. go anywhere out there. If we haven't already established that. Uh, Blind Fog Ranch, which is stupid. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's just it's the it's the dumber version of the Skinwalker TV show. What, there's a show for Blind Fog yeah. Ranch? Oh, okay. I didn't know and that. It's right next door to Skinwalker. Okay. Uh so their whole thing, and I don't think the people, are, I don't think the people are stupid that are putting it on. I think they they actually are treasure hunters. They actually were made their money in the oil industry out there. Okay. So they are people. You know, they're people. I think the TV show is done stupid. I think it's stupid on purpose. Yeah. Like okay. The same thing with Skinwalker Ranch TV show. Yeah. It's for TV. Gotcha. So the Blind Frog Ranch kind of got its name from uh, supposedly they were digging out trying to find the Mormons' secret gold. And they found a blind frog. No, they dug into a cavern, poured oh. out water. Apparently, it's full of blind frogs. They had no eyes because they lived in the cave so long. Literally, what the first guy he sounds like he's from like Louisiana, Texas area. I was gonna say so from, that one's more pro- that one's more appropriate. It's from the Swamp People show. Yeah, they pulled him from that one. But I mean, that's a thing though, right? With frog or things living in caves, they lose their eyes if they're in there so long. Yeah, and they said they were pure white and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. Sure. You don't believe them? No. Well, why not? No, I don't. I, I I have my reasons. I mean, who knows? Anything, Anything could be, be possible. possible. <laughs> I hate you so much. Yeah, me too. I hate me too. No, so you watch a TV show, and they're always searching for this. It switches back and forth between the Mormon gold and the Aztec treasure. And all they found was these dang frogs. Well, one time, they dug into the side of a cliff, and they found a wooden box in a water-filled cave system. Okay. And they tried to pull it out, and they couldn't. Why? So now, don't know. Oh, it's just impossible. The box was breaking. Oh. Then they pulled out rocks from the box, and they're like, oh, look, it's just a rock. And they found drilled holes in it, 
that was full of gallium. Okay. So gallium melts in your hand. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, and gallium technically, you know, discovered is that weird thing. White people discovered it in like the mid-1800s. Okay. It's, it's a byproduct of smelt, some melt, smelting processes. Uh-huh. So they said the Aztecs couldn't have had it. And why would the Aztecs? So they basically what they were, if it was the Aztecs, what they were using the rocks for was to basically carry it because they couldn't touch it because yeah. it would melt. So they basically were making rock bowls to pour it into so it would get hard. And okay. Could, and they carry it around. Why did the Aztecs have gallium? I mean, probably for the same reason we have it now. It's a byproduct. Yeah. During smelting processes that they weren't using as far as we know. Uh, but if it's a byproduct, why are you hauling tens of thousands of pounds right. of rock to throw in a, across the desert. To throw in a cave. On the very northern end of your empire. Yeah. To hide in a cave. So the Aztecs were hiding the gold from the Spanish, as supposedly. The Aztecs said that because the Spanish were just like annihilating them. All right. So I personally, my personal belief is the Aztecs just said that to screw with them. I could see that. Because it's a very real possibility. The Spanish and most of Europe believed that. Uh, I think it was the Aztecs. If it's not the Aztecs, everybody went home. I'm sorry. It's one. It's I always get confused which ones it's it is. Inca, the Aztec, the Maya, the. I think the Aztecs. I think the Aztecs were last. I think so. Yeah. So I think we're talking about the Aztecs. I think I was right. Anyways, they Spanish convinced everybody living in Europe that the Aztec Empire is just covered in gold, like El Dorado, right, the movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was happening is they were killing everybody and filling up the belly of a ship from thousands of people's belongings. Yeah. Not it's not like they got it all out of one house. No, they're just stealing uh, everything. Yeah. Well, they had gold. Just not dec- like decimating whole. So what was happening, the problem was is a lot of the war- royalty and higher end people in Europe were expecting continuous shipments of that much gold. Coming and back. It got harder and harder to get. So they they swore that the Aztecs were saying like basically you're you're hiding your gold. Right, yeah. And that's why like, ah, we hit it in the southwest. Yeah. Gold. Just to, which is to get them off their back? Go walk around the desert. Gosh. Personally, that's my belief. Is that and there's some evidence that I'm not there is some evidence to suggest they did go up into Utah and Arizona to hide stuff. Well, yeah. Because uh, it's the northern end of their territory and they were all being slaughtered. Right, yeah. And then not to mention all the gold they were uh, offering to Shabalba. From El Dorado. And which is, I think, just the the the, the other world. Perhaps. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. Good movie, though. So why were they, if they were being persecuted and slaughtered, why were they carrying gallium, gallium and giant rocks into Utah? Hmm. I don't know. Besides the screw with the Spanish? I guess, what do we use gallium for? Now it's in some stuff, you know, like a lot of electronics now and stuff hmm. like that. It really didn't have a good use for a long time. It was a party gag trick. Maybe they had like their own version. Because they'd make gallium spoons. Oh, yeah, and they'd melt and in they, the... And you'd stir your tea with it, and it would your spoon would melt, and they'd be like, ha, ha, ha. And then they'd drink the tea and, and then you'd die. die. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a thing. They did find it, and they were like, eh, it's gallium. And they have just Skinwalker Ranch, same show, basically, because they have a scientist that they paid to act like an idiot. Yeah. And, yeah, it's – I'm sure he's an incredibly smart person outside of the show. And then they have the two guys running it, which are oil tycoon hicks. The one guy's dreads barefoot running around the desert with his daughter. 
It's an interesting show. Okay. It sounds, so, it sounds entertaining. Then they, they found what they claimed to be Native American smelting furnaces all over the property. Oh, wait. I think I've seen these before. Yes. Personally, they were probably just ovens. Or they're all, they're right all like in a line right beside each other. There are a whole right? bunch of them near each other. Yeah. Okay. So they said that they were smelting furnaces. Personally, if the Native Americans were smelting materials and metals, yeah, I think they had used them. Probably. Probably. I think they were just furnaces for cooking ovens, basically, or even something else entirely that that we don't understand. That, yeah, which is fine. The Native Americans were incredibly smart, complex people. But I think if they were smelt metal, they'd use metal against us. Right, out yeah. There. They would have had, like, metal-tipped arrowheads. Episode one. Knives. They would have used something. Yes. Swords. Blunderbust. Yeah. Gatlin gun. Just, yeah, imagine that. Anyways. That would have made a whole difference in the in the war. So that's another thing. So they, they, they were trying to get to find another entrance to this cavern. So they start seeing bats. Mm. I'm like, bats live in caves. Find out where the bats are coming from. Right. And the poor scientist the whole time is like, well, let's do some tests and not just keep drilling holes. And the two guys from Texas that are oiled, drill a hole. And they drill like nine holes. We got the equipment. See, at least like the Curse of Oak Island is a small space. Yeah, right. So if you keep drilling holes, things makes a little more sense. Right. This is like a 500-acre ranch. Just try one here. Try the one beds, there. They would let it them in the middle of paths. Yeah. On the top of cliffs. Like, the one that they had to build a ramp to get the the hole digger all the way up there, and then they're like, ah, ain't nothing. Nah, stupid. D- it's just a stupid show. They should have used dowsing rods. They would have better luck. And that poor scientist that's fighting with the oil tycoon's kid the whole time. Yeah. Because all the time, say, I know they're right here. I found the bats. I found all these dead radioactive bats. That happened in the show. Whole bunch of dead radioactive bats hmm. that were bleeding out of their mouth. Yeah. I think they found a bunch of dead bats and they squished them. You ran them over? <laughs> so I do have 10 facts you probably didn't know about Blind Frog Ranch from the blindfrogranch.com. Okay. <laughs> what? Just the first one is the Blind Frog Ranch gets its name from them drilling a hole and blind frogs spilling out of the ground. There were ohm dragons. Yes, there we go. There were Russian Ohm dragons. Yep, there we go. Found one. Uh, The the main guy, Dune, uh, spent years in the oil industry before digging holes in the ranch. So he had the money to do it, I guess. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they have plenty of money to sit there digging holes. Okay. Uh, A girl did commit suicide at the gates of the ranch. Ooh, not good. Uh, He sold his business. Or so... His kid had was also big in the oil business, and they sold their business uh, to go dig holes in the desert. Sounds more exciting, to be honest. Huh? Sounds more exciting. <laughs> some of the locals, for some reason, are nervous about them digging holes out in the middle of the desert yeah. where demons are coming out of the ground. And, and the man in the jacket, suit jacket said, <laughs> don't, dig. don't dig holes here. Don't dig. I don't know why people are weird. Sorry if I'm not super into this show because it's stupid. Right. I just I just hate it. Well. And I like watching the Skinwalker Ranch show. Yeah. It's not real. Right. But I like watching like I like watching Mountain Monsters. Right, there you go. Mountain Monsters is a good example. But there's great great show. I love I love it. I mean we we're good friends with Wild Bill and all that. 
but you know, it's not Tem- for know. entertainment purposes. Uh, so uh, the kid, the 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 main guy's son, is actually a certified treasure hunter. Uh, not a very good one. Yeah. I couldn't find anything remarkable he ever found. We only know one good treasure hunter, certified yeah. treasure hunter. Hi, Christian. Yes, good friend of the show. Just talking to him a couple days ago. Good man. Mm-hmm. There is uh, more than one spooky story associated with the Blind Frog Ranch. Everything from uh, Native American ghosts being seen, a lot of uh, supposed government surveillance and people coming on stealing the paperwork every other day. That was the big thing in the show. Hmm. See, unlike Skinwalker Ranch, there's no history about Blind Frog beforehand. The whole history starts with them drilling a hole and finding a bunch of blind frogs. Yeah. That's the extent of the history. Yeah. Uh, The website sucks. You have to pay to see anything. Hmm. Besides this little thing I'm reading, you have to pay to see anything on the website. They do meet and greets constantly. They do all this stuff in town, never at the ranch, always in town. They have a a store in town where they sell merch. Ah. It's almost like it's all done for money. Well, you know. You gotta people gotta make money in this world in today's economy. Hey, I'm live. actually I'm I'm one of the people that are fine with people making money off the paranormal. Yeah, uh, this is just for money. Disclaimer: I don't I I don't know what to tell you. Uh, or what's another top ten fact? Here? Oh, so okay, I'll tell you the ending of the show. So sorry, I'm ruining the show Spoiler. for you. Spoiler: They get they find a cave that Ooh. looks. They put a drone down there. A camera, and the caves are man-made arches. They're man-made arches, hmm. according to the geologist. That I'm pretty sure half the show has a gun to his head. <laughs> uh, and they're like, okay, so they check the radioactivity, and it's hyper-radioactive and toxic gas. So get this. No joke. They get the cave. It's 89 feet below ground. The through cave a, is? Yeah, through a, like a one-man hole. Okay. A rat rig hole is what they're called. Okay. Okay. They have to wear radioactive and gas suits. Okay. They're like the big, like what you see in cartoons, the big yellow rubber suits. Right, yeah. It's that thing. Like the big hazmat. That can tear pretty easy, that if you get a leak in, you'll die. Yeah. And apparently it's super radioactive down there, and the gases are hyper deadly. Okay. And so it takes the winch about 15 minutes to lower somebody down and pull somebody back up. Three of them. So it's 45 minutes down, 45 minutes up. And they can only stay down total. The first guy can only stay down for an hour. They have air hoses hooked up to the surface. Okay. So through this 89-foot tunnel, they have to not tangle their air hoses. Get down there and explore. They, they'd have like five minutes to explore. Yeah. Okay. They didn't do this. They did this. It's not real. Yeah. The hole is the backyard of some producer's house. Okay. In my opinion. I don't yeah. know. I could be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. Is there any camera footage of them down in there? Oh, yeah, yeah, tons. Okay. Uh, it could be Ohio Caverns, for all I know. Man-made arches. Yeah, we, we made them last week. This is in my garage. They find, like, pickaxe marks and, and what may have been pictographs on the wall. It's, I just It's ground sloths. All of the ranches around have stories. Just most of the locals will not talk about it. And like we've stated before... Uh, the Navajo don't want to talk about it because in their folklore with the skinwalkers and stuff like that, if you talk about it, they'll come for you. Okay. The Utes talk about it, but not in any great detail. Uh, for most likely the same reasons. The Utes take the, the threat 
extremely seriously. seriously. Yeah. And as far as we talked about in episode one, the 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 curse was put technically on the land and the Utes. Okay. So that sucks. Right. It sounds awful. The whole area sucks. Any yes. questions? Oh uh, no, it just just doesn't sound. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you on the the show, maybe a fabrication of and see, the, having a show. Purposes. At least Genwalker Ranch, the TV show, pretends to be real. Okay, like it holds some air of reality. Okay, like the experiments they're doing, as far as everyday Joe can tell, is real and makes sense, and they're hitting. They're hitting anomalies in the sky, and it's bounced. The rocket bounces off it like it's a solid thing, and okay. attacks helicopters and that. And the government doesn't get involved. I don't know why. This is just the goofiest thing ever. Like they have people like threatening them with shotguns coming on the ranch. They have people breaking on, having yeah. standoffs. They have like their doors getting thrown open and papers getting stolen. So it sounds like a fun show to make. It's oh yeah, it's they're very good actors. We could do this. Yeah, I we mean, should have our own version. I mean, we're not. We can't do mountain monsters. We can't now. We can't do like a Skinwalker Texas Ranger knockoff. Upper atmospheric jellyfish. Oh, what, let's start our own uh, upper atmospheric like corral ranch. Like we got a ranch, you know. <laughs> it's just you know we're we're boarding we're room and boarding these creatures. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to talk about Bigelow and Nids. Okay. Nids, I can't find a lot on Bigelow. It's even weirder. Uh, but I just thought it'd be kind of fun. You know, Bigelow actually camped on the ground. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's midnight in Utah. The full moon engulfs the ghoulish landscape of the pale blue light. It's a typical Sunday, except I'm camping on tribal land. So Bigelow went out there and seen how weird it was, and bought the ranch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he bought it in 1996. The Sherman stayed on. Do you have, I guess, any questions about Bigelow that I could answer that you may not know? I, I mean, where did where did his wealth come from? A lot. Yeah. Uh, mostly technologies. Okay. Um, I There's not a lot. Uh, Bigelow always had a personal interest in UFO. Since his grandpa had sighted one uh, of a disc-shaped variety in 1947, the year that the UFO blew up. Okay. His grandpa would tell him stories about UFOs. Uh, So when Bigelow became a billionaire, he made it one of his life's goals to just find something out about about UFOs. And then he's seen – he had already started some of these uh, institutions for paranormal research and stuff like that. Personally, I don't know if he's a good person or not. I don't trust billionaires. We're same here. But – as far as somebody actually taking a large chunk of money and throwing it at the paranormal, he's one of the ones that have done that. Yes, he definitely has, but is it is it something like he's doing or it, well, he was doing it for a long we'll talk about it. Okay. So he seen that he was he wanted he was on the search for something like Skinwalker Ranch. Right. When the newspaper articles broke about the Shermans and they were basically broke down cry you know crying to the news bank, we're being tortured by entities from another dimension. Right, yeah. Turning our dogs and cows inside out. Not good. So Bigelow's like, okay, uh, I'll take it. And he bought it. Uh, Bigelow went out before he bought it, though, and he was actually stayed at a couple nearby places, kind of in secret, and literally see the skies light up. Okay. And was like, okay. Something's here. This is it. I'll take it. Yeah. 
Uh, he employed a PhD level scientist of every caliber to research it with NIDS. And we'll talk about NIDS as far as the scientists that came forward and talked about it. There's very few. Uh, so some of the stuff secondhand, you would see like scientists had the dog man encounter, which is they watched a portal open, open. up a dog man army crawl through and run in between them. And then other scientists seen what they thought was a creature in the trees like 30 foot up. Yeah. And then it stepped out and was actually just that tall. Okay. Oh, gosh. I can't find it with a name associated to it, so I don't like including it. Okay. One of the few scientists that really ever came out was the leader of the team, uh, Dr. Colin Kellenhurt. Okay. Uh, he was an immunologist and a, myco- or a, my- a molecular biologist. Uh, Kellenhurt answered the ad, you know, basically... Asking, you know, I want an organized set of scientists, Bigelow said, to run this, and Colin Hurt, or Kellen Hurt got it. And then NIDS was born after that, which okay. we talked about NIDS earlier. So NIDS came of this. Yeah, well, yeah. This was, From this. He bought it to make NIDS. Okay. He was looking for the place first, and he bought it to make NIDS. Okay. To really dive in, because it was the perfect package. It had poltergeist activity. Like, something I didn't cover is... Uh, one of Terry's worst encounters in her mind was she had just brought in all the groceries, mm-hmm. put them away, locked the cupboards because they all had locks on them. Right. And she turned around and it was all back on the table in the bags. Yeah, that's weird. And that's so she weird. would have towels unfolded after she'd fold. Basically, there was like a thing following Tara around as she was doing housework. And undoing. And undoing everything. And she almost lost her mind. Oh, I, I mean, it would drive my mom crazy. I know that much. If I was growing up and I went around following my mom. Well, you'd be dead. Yeah, exactly. But this was an intangible goblin. (laughs) You'd be dead. (laughs) My mom would kill me. Oh, that's hilarious. So that's really, uh, Bigelow was fascinated with the homesteads Mm -hmm. that were completely, he banned anybody from tearing down or messing with at all besides for experimentation. Yeah. Like if you would like pull something apart just to see if you'd get a reaction. And I I looked it up. I couldn't find Bigelow's name associated with any particular. It names was aerospace. Well, I mean, he's oh, not on any list. He's not on Epstein's as far list. as being a yes, as far as being a bad guy, good guy, I don't know. But I tried. My initial search didn't yield any results. You know, it kind of looks like Daryl Sims. I can kind of see it. It could be his brother. Maybe they all. Maybe they are in some way. There's our own conspiracy. <laughs> Yeah, so that's pretty much it. I will talk about NIDS now if you'd like. Oh, yeah, let's go. So NIDS did a myriad of experiments on there. Uh, I can find very little. On NIDS? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They were there from 1996 to 04. Data is very hard to track down. If you go to the NIDS website, they have a list of a couple experiments that they would talk about. And it was just odd. So I've just got those experiments if you want to go over them with me. Yeah. Uh, in 1991, the Roper organization was commissioned to conduct three surveys designed to ascertain what number of people report unusual experiences in the area. The question was developed by Bud Hopkins and David Jacobs, PhD, to survey and repeat the same 11 questions to which five would be considered key. By conducting the survey three times, the margins of error is reduced by basically 1.4%. Okay. So there's just a lot of, there is, there's, they were heavily detailed. And I guess that's why I'm putting these out here. 
is that there, these experiments were extremely heavily detailed. So that was the original Roper experiment in 1991. What NIDS did, uh, they had him come on in 1998, from March to June. They surveyed uh, 5,955 men and women. Interestingly, the results were quite different uh, from the 1991 survey, which unusual experiments have decreased slightly. In 1991, the survey, five questions were identified as key, like I said earlier. Uh, basically, the uh, comparison of the responses of the five key questions were following. And here's the question, short it down. Okay. Waking paralyzed. In 1991, 18% of the population they surveyed had done that. It was down to 11% in 1998. Here's a scary one. Just to even think, keep in mind, about 6,000 people were surveyed. Right. So 18% is hundreds Right, it's a lot of people. I guess, what would it be? No, I can't do that, man. 18% is almost 1,000 people, right? Let's. Uh, well, let's just, so it's 6,000 rounded, so let's round up to 20%. Which is like what two hundred? No, that's thirty. So fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred to twenty five percent. So like twelve hundred. There we go. Ballpark in I don't know. So missing time. Thirteen percent of the population had experienced this in nineteen ninety one, but it was down to six and a half percent by ninety eight. Feeling of flying out of nowhere, or this out of body experience is another way to word that. Yeah. Ten percent had experienced it uh, in ninety one. And in 98, 4.8% had experienced it. Hmm. So everything is dropping. Mm-hmm. seems like almost in half. Balls of light. Ooh. 8% down to 5.3. Okay. Here's a, this really scary one for me. Unexplainable large scars. Oh, gosh. What percentage of the population? None of the percentage of the population should be appropriate, but what percentage do you think happened in 1991? Let's hope it's low in six. Eight. Eight, okay. Down to five. five Ninety-eight. Percent. Not good. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Now, my brother one time, he woke up uh, with three, like, looked like a cat scratch across his back. We didn't have an indoor cat. He didn't have a cat in his room. But he woke up one time with that on him. Remember that? Every time you remember something... From your family's history, yeah, I am still. I you were you guys were all abducted by aliens. I don't know about that, Jay. Yeah. Every time you open your mouth, it's another abducted by aliens trope. Maybe I should ask him about that. That's been a while since he'd I probably about punch that. you because he's not supposed to remember. <laughs> so he would punch me. Yeah, I'm not supposed to remember this. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a defense mechanism. Okay, when combined from the people answering positively to the four of the five of these questions, reviewing the number drops from two percent of a population to total of about 1%. So to get four out of the five, it had to be about, it was only 1% of the total population experienced four out of the five of these things. Oh, okay, okay. So about... It's still a lot. What would that be, 56 people? Yeah, roughly, yeah. Six, 60 people? That's it. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, But yeah, the fact is uh, re- represented to decline of approximately 50% of the number of people thought they were abducted by a UFO. Hmm. Okay. 50% of the people they were surveyed in the Uinta Basin were pretty sure they had been abducted by a UFO. Two technical errors that were noted in the surveys, but were uh, not considered serious enough to invalidate the results. Okay. So they just had two little things. Uh, like I said, they're, these, this thing is miles long. 
Um, but yeah, so you want to see some raw data? Oh yeah. Uh, so these are hard numbers now. Um, instead of percentages. So out of the 6,000 people. Uh, so seeing a ghost, how many people do you think have seen a ghost? I bet this one's high. I bet it's like 62%. So I don't have a percentage. I have a oh. number. Oh, okay. So I bet it's like about uh, 3,500 people. 700. Oh, okay, that's way off. And it's still about the same uh, in 98. Oh, so that never really changed. They really seen, they, nobody really stopped. This is probably, this one is really close. The numbers pretty much don't change. Uh, 5,000 people pretty much said they'd never seen one. Uh, a weird, about a hundred people each time say they don't know if they've seen a ghost or not. Okay. That's an odd answer. I want to know more about those people. Well, I guess you couldn't be sh- That's what I'm saying. What did you see that you were unsure if it was a ghost or what? I don't know. That's why I'd answer that. Uh, more than, uh, about 200 people each have said they've seen ghosts more than three times. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, feeling as if you've left your body. A total of, you know, about 900 people have said that, yes, they felt like they left their body. Uh, more than 200 people have done it more than three times. Hmm. 5,000 people, again, have never. So it's this weird, it's, it's, the numbers are pretty similar across the board. Seeing a UFO, uh, more than twice, it, or more than three times, sorry, it's about 70 people. But about 500 people say, yes, they've seen a UFO. Hmm. Waking up uh, paralyzed with a strange sense of a person or presence in your room watching you. <laughs> this is a big one. Well over a thousand people. Oh, no. And uh, 300 people each survey have said they've done that more than three times. That sounds n- not undesirable. Feeling as though you were actually flying through the air. Uh, 700 people and 200 more than three times. I wonder if like when you dream that, if it's actually happening i don't know you ever had those dreams hmm? you're flying through the air you ever have those dreams very rarely i used to you when i was younger more a often. kid maybe here's one i do not understand and if anybody out there can explain it to us i'd appreciate it hearing the word tordent and understanding and knowing it has a secret meaning torrent tord no Tordent? Spell it. T O or T R O N D A N T. T R O D E? No, T R O N D A N T. Tord and Tron Trondent. Trondent. Something like that, yeah. Um, hmm. Didn't wasn't there a story, not with that word in particular, but what story is it? it's from one of we covered early on. They some some figure or thing said some like sacred word that was a not sacred but from like an old tribe or an old like Native American like they said a word like I think it was one of the things digging up one of the mounds like a werewolf it was it was uh, the dog man yeah in, in Wisconsin and it said some like it said uh, yeah I don't know some strange word not like this but similar similar kind of feeling so anyways how many people do you think have heard the secret word and know what it means. <sighs> Let's go with or like, no, not they don't know what it means. They know it has a secret meaning. Secret meaning. Oh, it's two hundred eighty. Oh, okay. Uh, it's odd that eighty people say that. Yeah, I've heard. I don't know where it is. Yeah. Secret meaning. Uh, twenty people said they've experienced this more than three times. That's so weird. Experiencing a period of hour or more of missing time. 
Okay. 800 people. Mm. And 200 people said they experienced this more than three times. These people are just getting destroyed Mind by rate. aliens out there. Yeah. Or whatever this yeah. is. Seeing unusual lights in the sky, 500 people. Uh, feeling puzzle or finding puzzling scars on your body and not remembering how they got there. 500 people. Uh, 200 people said they've experienced this more than three times. That's that's just the one I just never want to experience. Here's my favorite one of the whole survey. Having actually seen a strange figure, such as a true monster, an alien, or a demon in your room. 900 people said that, and 220 people said more than three times. Yeah, nope. No, thank you. No, thanks. Having a dream about UFOs or slash being, have you been abducted by UFOs? 300 people. Hmm. 78 people more than three times. wonder if like these people have more than three times if it's the same person in a lot of these. So the Tordent one is a weird, it, you, there's, like I said, there's tons of stuff on this. It, they would just kind of say, when I say the word Tordent, what do you get? Okay. And they would blow up. Like they would freak out. Like I'm not like we're not supposed to talk about that word. Wow. Maybe it's good I was mispronouncing it. I, maybe you shouldn't say the word. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't say it right. Yeah, I'm gonna Google it though. Another one was the Alexander UFO Religious Crisis Survey that they conducted on all these people. What would that be? It's a religious survey. Okay. So on Tuesday, March eighth, nineteen ninety four. Uh, the researcher mailed out 100 pilot surveys to randomly sector religious bodies in the continental U.S. and obtained the names and addresses from phone disk reserves from the fall of 1993. It's a database. Okay. Uh, they All over the country, address the envelopes, uh, Mason or Father, Pastor or Rabbi. So, they, you know, many different religion. Uh, it had a self-addressed envelope, blah, blah, blah. The survey continued to come in daily. Basically, they wanted to see... Uh, upon so upon closing figures of the data, the total number of surveys returned as 230. 134 of them were Protestant churches, 86 were Roman Catholic, uh, 10 were synagogues. Of the 230 respondents, like, so we'll break it down even further, uh, 64 Protestants, 36 Catholics, uh, 46 Jewish, filled out the comment section of the 102 comments. 141 responses filled out on the optional information section. Basically, they're polling to see all they have. They're asking for a bunch of information, okay, and then polling to kind of see how different religions would deal with aliens becoming true. Okay. Hmm. So it's like a precursor. What year was this again? This is nineties. Yeah, ninety four. Hmm. So they're setting the stage. This is the early stages of what we're dealing with now. So it's mostly Protestants, Catholics, and Jewish people that were targeted in this survey. Hmm. Okay. Let me get to the questions. Like I said, these 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 things are humongous. It's pretty extensive. So this is all Bigelow and Nid's research and surveys done, being done. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, but essentially, they were asking for size of congregation, uh, all kinds of number of families, and they're basically surveying how families and their certain religions would react to aliens, like true bona fide aliens visiting Earth. Right. And how the churches themselves would deal with them. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. 
I wonder what their like their some of the craziest specific answers were. This one, see, a lot of the surveys don't have the full information right, present yeah. in NIDS, so that's really all I have. It just is weird that they conducted it because we talked. No, it definitely is. I just am curious too. Like, what would, what did they actually say? Like, uh, not good. We will we will attack them. Or we will welcome them, or we will burn down. Uh, we will all drink the punch. So here's one of the few Colin Kellen her PhD, uh, one of his actual investigates in a cattle mutilation. Okay. He did thousands of them in his career there with NIDS. This is one of the few I can find. It is a huge survey, but on October 16, 1998, a three-year-old registered uh, Poland Hereford cow was found dead by its owner uh, who had seen the animal in good health the previous day. The animal's left eye had been... Uh, had a tissue sample been removed from the wall as a part of, as well as from a part of the left ear. Hmm. What's that sound like? Uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, okay. I was like, I don't know, some ritual? <laughs> a full necropsy was followed with a toxicology, histological, and chemical analysis was done by the animal. This is probably one of the best surveys of a dead cow I've ever found in my entire life. Okay. Uh, they did everything besides probably a spectrograph analysis, which they didn't have at the time. All right. Uh, so what so, did they res- what did they re- the following noteworthy features were found? Both the left pro uh, optical tissue and left ear were removed by an extremely sharp instrument. Okay, as confirmed by two of the three veterinarian pathology or representatives. No evidence of high heat or cutlery had been obtained from these cuts. No signs of struggle nor tracks were found near the animal. An unusual formaldehyde containing blue gel-like substance was found uh, sorry, found on the eye and the ear and the anus of the animal. Using headspace gas chronograph mass spectrometer analysis, which is a little different, the blue gel-like substance was shown to contain 300 to 3,000 milligrams per gram of, of 2, 6 by dimethylene for methyl, uh, methanol, a synthetic molecule with antioxidant and antiviral properties, as well as contaminants of normal pastoral breakdown products from cow tissue. Hmm. Kind of sounds like, uh, well, man-made products. It is. No, it's 100%. No, it's, it's an artificial. I so, said that. Sounds like... Or uh, synthetic. Yeah, synthetic sounds like... Like it may be a three-letter agency responsible for this. So this is a really weird high-end sterilization a- agent. Yeah. Number. So next one. The animal's heart was shredded. Gosh. Yet it's, uh, the rest of the tissues around the heart were intact. Hmm. So that was very odd. Yeah. The animal tested positive for two different pregnant, or on two different pregnancy tests, yet there were no fetuses present at the time of necropsy and no signs of recent uh, stillbornness or abortion. Yeah, but they could have easily removed something that's, and that's had what no they're getting at. Oh, okay. That's what it's saying. The cows was there's pregnant, no evidence but there's no of fetus it, of, of aborting the pregnancy. Right, but the baby's gone. It, but it's every hormone in the cow saying it was pregnant. Right, yeah. It is suspected that the animal's blood contained high levels of potassium chloride. Potassium chloride. That sounds familiar too. Mhm. The animal had extremely low liver copper levels and low vitamin A levels. Mm. The severe hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging under the hide around the neck of the animal was observed. 
The animal was n- normal for routine for bacteriology, virology, and toxicology scans. In summary, the totalation of this data obtained from the necropsy combined with a historical, toxicological, and bacterial and chemical analysis suggests the animal did not die a normal death. Right. I think we, we definitely uh, could have made that assumption. Background. At 1,600 hours on the afternoon of October 16, 1998, the owner called NIDS to report that, there, uh, that there, his best cow was dead on his property, possibly mutilated. The owner had seen the animal and expensive or inexpensive registered Hereford cow in perfect health the previous day. The animal was lying on the waterlogged area of the pasture about 20 feet from the paved road that it used in many uh, used by many local residents. And they have figures of all this, and they map it out, and they draw it amazingly. They show the position of the animal was laying when it was found by the owner to preserve uh, anonymity of the owner. So the owner didn't. Nitz had articles out there saying, "Hey, if your cows get mutilated, call us." Right. You know. And so the owner still remained anonymous, but the property is located in the Uinta Basin. Okay. The neighbor was subsequently interviewed. And it was determined that there was nothing unusual noticed by them in the previous or subsequent days that the dam was discovered. Immediately, two NIDS investigators, both experienced ranchers, or sorry, yeah, both experienced ranchers and mutilation experts, were dispatched to the scene. They arrived, and it was beginning to get dark less than two hours after the initial call. According to the investigator, the animal was laying on its front, sternly side, with its front legs tucked under it and its rear legs splayed out but behind it. Within feet of its head and the side of the animal, the ground was waterlogged. There were no signs of struggle or visible tracks, almost as if the animal was dropped. Hmm. Using a compass, the investigators found that the animal was laying in a north-south axis, with its pointing, its face pointing at the north end. Hmm. The north-south pattern confirmed with all 16 cases of mutilations that were found uh, that one, inve- uh, one of the investigations had been investigating the previous several years in the Uinta Basin. So their heads are all facing north. Mm-hmm. North-south orientation with heads facing north. That's odd. Very odd. And 16 of the animals uh, that they, all 16 of the animals previously researched at that point had had this. Hmm. The meaning of no random placement of the mutilated animals in the Uinta Basin is unknown and will not be further commented on except as an item of comprehension with future uh, unexplainable livestock deaths. So they don't know why it's happening. Basically, Kellen Hurt's saying, I'm not going to mention it again. Right. Because they all have this. Don't know why. So it's and it's still... It's mute it's at this point. Still to this day. Mm-hmm. Don't, we don't know why. We don't have any definitive answers. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Over 20, what, 25 years ago, roughly. Mm-hmm. The animal's left ear had been cut off and the eye was missing. It was missing altogether. A half-inch diameter piece of tissue from around the top of the eye was missing as well. The cut around the eye, upon visual inspection of photographs, appeared to have been made by an extremely sharp instrument. Sharp-looking cuts uh, around the eye, or around eye, both investigators and the owner, also noticed the unusual bluish-colored gel substance around the eye of the animal, as well as the anus slash vagina and a small amount around the ear. The investigators sampled the bluish gel from the anus area to test it in the tube, Within an hour, placed it in a freezer at nine, minus 10 degrees Celsius. They also took a sample of the bluish gel from the eye area with a tissue sample. Finally, he removed a part of the ear that connected to the cuts in the subsequent histological analysis. The local veterinarian immediately conducted a full autopsy. Nids was informed because of the lateness of the hour 
the necropsy would be conducted the next day. The following morning, October 17th, a veterinarian arrived uh, to, uh, under contact to the NIDS to conduct an autopsy. He found that the animal appeared to have died instantly on the spot mm. since there was no sign of struggle. Cardiac tissue was almost unrecognizable. Because it was shredded so bad? Yes, but the muscle surrounding the heart was fully intact. Investigators described the heart as being completely shredded. There was no blood in the sack around the heart. Hmm. The enlarged uterus, which was on, uh, which w- was upon investigation, yielded no fetus. The the hemorrhaging around the neck area, the white. Uh, then they show there's small holes in the hide near the brisket area. There's also small hmm. holes in the hide uh, near other parts of the body. No wound in the flesh beneath the hole, though. Oh, okay. Like, it just was taking a skin sample. It's almost, like, in my head, I'm imagining, what if they're, like, dissecting and taking apart this animal in, like, a different dimension? Definitely could be. uh, I mean, I don't know. Large blood clots were found in the intestines. Uh, And you can look up, there's a full veterinary summary report. So, summary of analysis... There are several simulating factor or stimulus factors of this mutilation that have been investigated. The full summary: uh, the cut out of the ear, half-inch diameter cut from the upper eye. Yeah, it's it's just they go into very very high detail. Uh, the veterinary two veterinarians fully agree the animal was pregnant. The enlarged uterus, which can mean pregnancy, was found by the veterinarians upon the autopsy. But what absolutely confirmed it was that. Uh, the pregnancy test combined with an enlarged uterus. There was no fetus found. There was no evidence of the fetus uh, being birthed naturally. From they a... stole it. They ate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they go into more and more. The heart is a really weird thing. The heart is pretty much like it's exploded. Yeah, or just like they went in there, uh, well, I don't know, extracted it somehow. But So before I move off the Skinwalker Ranch topic... Let's address the show. Or do you have anything to say about NIDS? Uh, no, I mean, it's pretty cool that they actually got, like, that result right there that's actually documented. They actually... And there's they have some cool stuff, and it's just, it's just really lengthy, so if you want to... It just kind of makes me... I wonder where Bigelow actually stands on everything or where his role is, you know, whether he's a good guy, bad guy, a cover-up guy, uh, uh, just a... Uh, what do you call that? Like a... Figurehead, you know, just a character. I don't know, but it's pretty interesting stuff. He did do a lot of research there, and uh, like results like these is something. It's something tangible to look at. So, there was Skinwalker Ranch TV show. Oh boy! Now, I, uh, full disclosure, I've never seen it. It's fine to watch. Okay. Uh, the ranch stuff is completely. It's all UFO oriented. They had, in the first season, a couple... Here's my thing with the show. They had a couple of the traditional stuff that was happening in the season one. Okay. And with a little bit of the UFO. Yeah. UFO stuff is the most popular. So seasons two through four are all UFO-oriented around this the stupid triangle on the property. Gotcha. So apparently 115 feet off the ground, there's a UFO sitting there. Or an energy grid. Like all the time. Also, something I didn't talk about in episode one that I'll talk about now is people asked me about the ground composition becoming a battery. Because in season one of Skinwalker Ranch, they said the ground composition was perfectly designed to be a battery. I looked up tons and tons and tons of survey analysis of the Uinta Basin mm-hmm. for the soil. 
I cannot find that information anywhere publicly. There's no like. I cannot confirm that the ground is a battery. There's no like big copper deposits and like iron deposits. Oh and, sure, there's deposits of materials. The way that they were and just, lemon they juice. Were, yeah, they were saying there was basically they were plugging into a big potato. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Skinwalker Ranch TV show makes tons and tons and tons of claims because they have one. They have a rocket scientist on there, and he shoots rockets into the sky constantly. Yeah. Every episode, swear to you, there's either a drone or a rocket launched into the sky. Every episode. Oh gosh. Pro, they're programming scientists. us. Yeah. To so, like enjoy rocket launches. I can't find none of it's substantiated, everybody at home. It's all for TV, as far as I can tell. The only thing I could find that was ever made it off the ranch with any real validity is the one UFO video where you see it dropping out of the sky, yeah. free falling, and then catching itself and shooting off mm-hmm. like an eagle, pretty much. But it was a UFO. It, was, it looked like a big, uh, almost like a clam falling out of the sky. Ooh. And then taking back off. A silver clam. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. They'll come into it. I, I think it's will. a season finale where I won't uh, tackle that. Anyways, <laughs> it's I I can't substantiate anything in the show. The show is fun, but it made researching this horrible. It made for anybody that just wanted more information about the normal stuff of Skinwalker Ranch or that you went to basin in general. Made it difficult. It though. made it impossible for the average person just to find some type of information. You know, it's, I can't explain it. So there you go. Right. I mean, you think that was the main purpose of the I show? I don't know if the show was the main purpose. The show is definitely for money. Or they use it. That is now what it's being used for. Yeah. Like we talk about a lot of the stuff, they just pick something and they use it. Because like, yeah, I mean, we don't know the uh, answer or the reasoning behind all this stuff or, you know, why it's kept hidden. But if you're in the people in power that do know... And do want to keep it hidden. All you have to, if you know the the answer to the equation, all you have to do is just make uh, the equation on what's the best way to make the equation not make sense. So if you know the answer, all you got to do is just obfuscate everything leading up to it, and then it's easy to keep the answer hidden. If that does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's just easier to it's easier to hide the truth than it is to a. Uh, but it's it's the problem is when you get these things these anomalies that come out. There's just really no way to deflect. Then you you know there's something more, more piece, you know, more piece to the pu- pieces to the puzzle that need to be put together. Uh, my next little thing is the U.S. government involvement. Oh gosh, yeah. This is buried hard. And I wonder why. Because I can only find like secondhand kind of accounts with the U.S. government's involvement. Uh, and they were there with Bigelow. Right. Uh, they had. Don't you yawn at me. I'm sorry. It's a uh, long episode. You know, the USS Nimitz strike group, the Tic Tac, they had some yeah. of those guys out there. Uh, they had all kinds of just weird little stuff. Uh, I'm trying to get it. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to... You talk for a second. Well, like you said, they it was NIDS initially, and then who took over after NIDS was the so, government of here we go. entity. Uh, the three servicemen that had... Uh, Worked at, at Skinwalker Ranch while Bigelow owned it. So they had U.S. government personnel there. Uh, he privately funded most of the UFO research himself, but was given basically authority by the U.S. government. The Department of Defense, the, the, or the Department of Def, uh, the Department of Defense, sorry. Yes. It's, we've been, <laughs> the DOD. We've been talking for like hours. And yes. 
detailed their, uh, they have concealed all details of their experiences at the ranch. Concealed? Yeah. Like in a zip file? They're like, not, no, they forbid any of the servicemen right. that were there, why Bigelow owned it, to, to talk about, about it. It, it is yeah. still concealed. Mm, so uh, and they signed some major NDAs. So there's very few that have talked about it. Uh, one of the guys that did talk about it, and this is unsubstantiated because he didn't give his name, but he said that we started there looking for nuts and bolts machines, but we came up with a lot of physics as far as advanced. They're much more advanced or capable than us. Uh, they're nothing more than ghosts. They're some part of the paranormal world. They're not just ghosts. They're some kind of hybrid of both. Mm, and that's pretty interesting. A hybrid of both, but we don't even know what ghosts are. That's what he's... I think he means a hybrid between nuts and bolts oh, and pure paranormal. Okay. I don't think he means ghost as in ghost. Gotcha. Okay, I think he, okay. In my personal opinion, I think he meant... That makes more they're sense. They're walking the line between... Yeah. There's something physical there, but they phase in and out of reality. Yeah. Interesting. That's really all I got for the military part of it. I We know they were there. We yeah. know they were there with Bigelow the whole time. They were there a little bit before Bigelow. They were there after Bigelow. Until uh, Fugle bought it. I just can't prove um, anything because they right. concealed it all. And that's the best evidence I have is saying the Department of Defense has concealed it. Which makes me believe that they, they got what they wanted. They learned what they, they wanted to learn. They got their information. Yeah. Uh, here's they, the one thing I believe about the ranch is when Bigelow owned it, yeah. before Fugle owned it, this, the show, I mean, there appears to be a cave. But it's been blown up. Okay. And they're trying to dig out this cave, and it's impossible to dig out this cave. I think Bigelow, there was a cave, because all the workers talked about this cave. That they had all these ex- crazy experiences They every time they went in the cave, into the mesa. And now it's blown up, the entrance to it. I think the government put a base in there, but we'll talk about that in the last episode. Ooh, foreshadowing. I think they got in, put their observation tower in, essentially, and then like let whoever do whatever they want. What did it destroy it after? Is that what they, you're destro- they dug it out to build and then covered it up. They have it some way underground to get it. Ah, I see. NASA also is hyper involved out there. Uh, they covered their tracks extremely well too. I don't, I, I, I don't know if NASA's nefarious. I don't know nothing. Like there's, I don't. Never a straight answer is the accurate. They, like I said, they dismantled their deep space laser telescope. Yeah, pretty fast after they built it. And they just tore the building down recently. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, they they were part of the gravitational studies like we talked about in episode right. one. And they forgot their... Uh, yeah, they left a couple. Their markers behind, yeah. And this is another one. Same with the government. You can only talk... You can only find information when other people talk about... Like, we, we work in cahoots with the government at this. Right. I found... The only little piece of information I found about NASA's... Uh, their upper atmospheric wave experiments were done out here in the Uinta Basin. The only reason I found it is because they worked with the uh, Utah State University. They used them as interns. Wow. And it's the only reason I found it. Not only were they had their deep space laser telescope out there, they had some, uh, they had the the Space Dynamic Laboratory and it completed its test on the upper atmospheric wave experiments. A mission that will help scientists understand and ultimately Forecast the vast space weather system around our planet. 
why aren't we like learning about any of this stuff in like so school this or... experiment was planned to launch uh at the international space station will study gravitational waves in the earth atmosphere to gain a deeper knowledge of the connection caused by the climate system throughout our atmosphere and between the atmosphere and space. Hmm. Hmm. So they're, they're collecting. Yeah. I, I this guess is they, out here in the Uinta basin. Yeah. This is weird. And the only reason I found this is because this article is on the Utah state university. Cause they used them as interns. Hmm. This is weird. So what were they, I guess, what's so, the purpose of these? So, what are atmospheric gravity waves, you may ask? Yeah, what's the purpose of that? They are pulses of air primarily formed by weather distribution or disturbances on Earth, such as strong thunderstorms, hurricanes, or winds rushing skyward over massive mountain ranges. Hmm, okay. okay. Have we ever talked about that? Uh, yeah, we have. They are uptick zones full right. of detritus. Hmm. Yummy, yummy detritus. <laughs> they release states that are eventually depositing their energy like an ocean wave breaking on the beach as they ripple upward towards the ionosphere. Hmm. They will report the scan Earth using an image radar system or radar meter system producing high-quality temperature maps of these waves. New knowledge from this system has helped scientists more accurately forecast the impact on satellite communications from gravity waves and space weather. Simultaneously allowing mission planners and satellite operators to plan continu contingencies in related states. Mm. The system is highly sensitive, precise instrument scientific instruments designed to fit into the International Space Station's operations, into the harsh space environment, to ensure they will survive launch in the turbulence and operate as a designed one in space. So they're doing upper atmospheric gravitational surveys i guess mm -hmm. and they're studying like weather systems and patterns in, in space and in our atmosphere in the, uh, in the ionosphere the very end layer oh the very end layer i think that's the ionosphere if i'm not mistaken okay. what the but does this mean they're also like I, I would imagine they're doing it all throughout the atmosphere they're measuring right Take it's easier readings. to measure the lower levels right yeah from other places for some reason which i could not find why they picked the uinta basin Hmm. Almost like there's a uh, either a whole bunch of gravitational anomalies or a giant magnetic anomaly that may help or or something. Right. It's may just be a weakened, thin part of the veil, mm -hmm. and maybe whatever's happening here, they're able to study. Uh, maybe whatever. Maybe the gravitational anomalies just make it uh, for these storms and the systems and stuff to occur in the atmosphere, and then they can record those readings and then. Uh, Use those that data they found to manipulate the atmosphere themselves to create these storms elsewhere, wherever they'd like them to happen. Just a thought. So maybe just where it's happening naturally, they can study it and recreate the phenomena elsewhere, whenever they want. They can control the weather. This was just last year. Uh oh. When this study, uh, when they, the university said, "Yeah, look what NASA did." NASA's like, "Shut up." Yeah. And and here's your your dog Wolfie. So why you can't find it as a NASA base? If you research it and you look at everybody at home, if you look up trying to find the NASA base like I did for hours, yeah, it doesn't exist. The telescope no longer exists. The NASA base doesn't exist. They were and never the reason there. they're using it because they use the uh, U Utah State University Space Lab hmm. as their base of operations. Mm, okay. So the building is not owned by NASA. 
And that's how they get away with it. Like the government. I mean, seriously. Like, yeah. No, yeah. The U.S. government, they hide with private universities. Yeah, that's they what they do. Compartmentalize it elsewhere. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't uh, Freedom of Information Act request a private university because they're not the government. Right, exactly. You can't. Yeah, so they're, uh, our government knows their ways around all the rules that they set up themselves. So, so hopefully everybody's enjoying this so far. It's quite well, it's about this, four hours. In. Quite the saga on the Uinta Basin. The next episode is called "The Monsters." It's called what? The Monsters. Oh, I'm friends with the monsters, monsters. that <laughs> live in the mountains and under the basin. Yeah, oh, gosh, there's a lot of them. Oh yeah, I'm friends with the monsters under the basin. I'm friends with the monsters under the basin. We got something here. Yeah, we have to t- we'll have to call Joel. Yeah, Joel. We no, got a new one for you. Hopefully, everybody's enjoying this so far. Uh, so, real quick, let's recap what we just did. We talked about the ranches in general, yep. the actual story of Skinwalker Ranch going back all the way to the 1700s. It's quite a ways back. Um, with Mormon settlers and such. Uh, some of the just the actual modern day, like the ranches having stuff, the TV propaganda that's being pushed up on the, whether yes. it's purposely there to bury information about this or yes. it's just a helpful side effect. I see. I, I don't know if it's purposely done for the bearing information. That is definitely a side effect of what happened. Anybody, if you do yeah. not believe me, type in Uenta something. And it just pops up that show. The first six pages yes, of results. The way they do it. Will be something Skinwalker Ranch. Google can, will only promote the things it wants to promote. Like that, if, it'll no, push the narrative to the only front. example. The only thing I think is if you type in you went to Bigfoot sightings, it pops up on like finally by like page three. Hey, all right. Because there's a lot of Bigfoot sightings. Yeah, which we haven't even touched on. Oh gosh, we're going to talk about Skinwalkers, Bigfoots, dragons, bugs, yeah. gelatinous cubes. And, and the uh, devil himself. Oh, there we go. Sounds pretty good. So what do you think so far? What Have you learned something about the Uinta Basin? Oh, yeah, I've learned plenty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just a lot more technical stuff than I, I guess, thought has been recorded you know, by uh, Bigelow's team or whatnot. And NIDS. It's a weird one and for NIDS, me. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about NIDS. Right. I don't know either. Yeah. Personally, and this is a like a 60-40 belief. Okay. I think they did 60%. Like sixty percent, I believe they did good things. I think before the whole time they were nids, mm-hmm. they were honestly doing good research to the best of their abilities, to their best of their understanding, with no bias behind with no, it, with no to little, right? And then once it became the other thing, which I forgot the name of, yeah, me too. Uh, when I the don't government care for him anymore, when the government war got involved with Bigelow, yeah, and it changed nids ended. That's when I think it changed because I think the government finally was like, whoop. Yeah, that's, don't talk about this anymore. No, no, that's we want. We want our cut. Right. Oh, yeah. We want. We want a piece of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's definitely Lena in this direction. Because he got rid of Nids and then had a new organization basically come in. Right. Yeah. Which is what you do. You get rid of the guys that previously did it because you don't want them to know what you're about to yeah. find out. Yeah. Because you come in with more unscrupulous people. Is that the term? Probably. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. More people that are willing to do stuff for money. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Not good. Not good. What's been your favorite part so far? Um, probably the uh, things discovered from the cow mutilation, like the blue gel. And like and I stuff. said, that's that was just the summary yeah, that's and weird. the abstract we read. 
So that probably behind the mystery behind that is probably it's, the most interesting thing to me. To me, why? And there was hundreds of cattle mutilations. I mean, there's right, no yeah. shortage of cattle mutilations. To me, it was just because uh, it was the best one I ever seen. Like them go through, right? And it's that weird yeah. blue stuff could be government, could be aliens, whatever aliens government, are. Government, government entities. It could have been the dog man. The entities running our government. Which, there's a lot of dog men out there. Yeah, that's true. They're smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes and living in Werewolf Valley. Werewolf Ridge. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> it was, it was Don't Go There Valley. That's right. And Werewolf Ridge. Uh, that's right. <laughs> I have been the great and powerful mystery. And I've been J-Clone 37. And we hope you enjoyed this, guys. Bye! Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash CryptsOfTheCorn.com. And don't forget, stay magical. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.